Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg. I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and totally. I am you could deliver a baby. Confident. I'm confident that I could perform a tracheotomy. Sure. Confident. Sure. Welcome back to the tip of the iceberg. Hello. It's yes. been a minute since we did a podcast episode. I feel like it has. Yeah. It seems like it has. Maybe it feels longer than it has been. It always feels longer. Yeah, but welcome to April. Yeah. It's Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Yeah, April's a busy a busy month for Safe Project. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have Sexual Assault Awareness Month and we have Child Abuse Awareness Month. Really important stuff. Yep. So, obviously, we're not depressed. Right. This is how we're spending our April and we're very healthy. Yep, we're doing mm-hmm. great. But it is exciting because we get to bring you a story today that involves both sexual assault and child abuse. And male survivors. Yes. Which is really important because so often when we talk or when anybody talks about sexual violence and domestic violence, we we often talk about it as being, you know, men perpetrating violence mm-hmm. against women, yeah. which is the most common thing. True. But men also are victims of child abuse, sexual abuse. Absolutely. Domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to talk about that. Yeah. We work with male survivors all the time at SAFE. Yeah. Pretty regularly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we, we, there are statistics that show how many men are assaulted or are in violent relationships or whatever that looks like. But for me personally, maybe this is bad to say, I don't know, but those statistics don't mean a lot to me. Yeah. Because I would argue that that's one of the most underreported, yep. underreported situations ever. Yeah. I agree with you. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. And it's, it's obvious why men experience extra challenges in reporting Mm -hmm. crimes against them, especially intimate crimes like sexual assault and domestic violence. Um, So it's important to acknowledge that it does happen and that we believe male survivors. Absolutely, we do. Yeah. Yeah. But this story is cool because it talks about a few male survivors. Yeah. And it is insane. Yeah. Yeah, this is big news. I um, was telling Livy that I uh, have kind of been a little unplugged from domestic violence and sexual assault news because it's all I do all day. And so when I'm home at night, I'd rather not read about sexual assault and domestic violence. Fair enough. Um, but this has been in the news. I don't know if you guys have heard about this um, at a high school in Maryland where some football players have reportedly been sexually assaulted by teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> freshman football players right. who were assaulted by sophomore level, it sounds like, um, JV players in their locker room. So the Washington Post did a really long, detailed story, investigative reporting story on this. And so we want to share it with um, with you guys. We've read some of it, but we didn't read the whole thing because... Mm-hmm. Um, it's really long, and Livy and I kind of want to read it along with you, really. Yeah. Um, right. Because some of the details of this story are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And we found ourselves being blown away right. repeatedly. Right. And so we, we were like, we can't wait any longer. We need to get this on the podcast. This is insane. Yeah. Super, super insane. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read it. Yeah. <clears throat> and we can talk about it yeah, as we go along, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, we'll just get started. Officials at Damascus High School in suburban Maryland waited more than 12 hours to tell police about credible allegations that several junior varsity football players pinned a teammate in a locker room, pulled his pants down, and sexually assaulted him with a broomstick. Interviews and documents show. The school officials held off despite discussing among themselves in a group text. On October 31st, seen by the Washington Post, the names of a victim and three possible assailants. Okay, so this is this is where <clears throat> the first time I was like, hmm. Right. Because say you run an organization mm-hmm. or a club or a team or whatever on a high school level. Right. Okay. You find out that your students mm-hmm. have sexually assaulted somebody. Right. I mean, maybe maybe I am the only one, but 
I feel that that would warrant a call to the police. Yeah, even allegations, right? right? Because it's not my job as a teacher or a principal or a counselor to investigate that myself. That allegations you know? of sexual abuse need to be investigated by professional investigators. Well, like, right? also, and that's not that's not the principal of the high school. Are you an expert in <clears throat> gathering <throat> evidence or right. interviewing survivors or victims of sexual assault? Do you know what to look for? What nuances mean what? of consent, evidence, physical evidence, yeah, medical so care? As a JV, a part-time <clears throat> JV football coach. I feel confident in my ability <laughs> to pull somebody who's just been sexually assaulted by maybe a group of a group of boys right. aside like. and say, like, let's get into this. Yeah. And I'm gonna flesh this out. Right. I'm gonna figure it out. We might call the cops. We might not. We might not call the cops. Depends on how this goes. Depends on how it you goes. And, I. and if this is credible or not. And how my Law and Order SVU skills work out for us that in this situation. That is probably what this is. He probably yep. had just binged some SVU. Yep. And he's like, I'm prepared. Yep. It's like, I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, totally. And I am you could deliver a baby. confident. I'm confident that I could perform a tracheotomy. Sure. Confident. Sure. I feel like it's the same thing. Yep. Okay. It is. Okay. So instead of calling police, they launched their own inquiry. And on November 1st, so the day after, plucked students one by one from class as they questioned suspects, learned the names of three more victims, and took statements from all of those boys. None of the victims were sent for medical care and all went back to class without their parents being called. Okay, two major issues here. Two major issues. I will take one, you take the other. Great. I'm pretty sure you know how I'm going to divide this. Yeah. I'll talk about parenting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> because I'm not a parent. But, so here's the thing about this that is really difficult for me to wrap my mind around yeah. is after <clears throat> sexual assault occurs the, the the clock starts ticking yep on how we preserve evidence mm -hmm. and how we classify these things and make sure we all have everything in one place in order to prove that this happened sure and if it's going to go to court right right so when we work with survivors of sexual assault we take specific steps in order to to preserve evidence. We mm -hmm. say, like, don't shower. Don't brush your teeth. Don't brush your teeth. Don't go to the bathroom. Don't right. drink anything. Right. Keep your clothes. Mm -hmm. Don't wash those. Right. You know, keep everything as is. Keep them in a bag. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's when they call saying, I've just been sexually assaulted, like, right now. Mm-hmm. So it is so problematic to me mm -hmm. that these administrators pull people, hear that they have been sexually assaulted with a broomstick, and they're like, cool, okay, go back to your life. Yep. That's good. That's all we needed. Go back to math. Yep. Thank you for your time. We're not going to call your mom. Right. Or your dad. That's the problem, too. That about makes me explode. Because I have two kids. Mm -hmm. I have a son and a daughter. And I cannot imagine how enraged that I would be or my husband would be if... My my kid's principal got word that one of my kids was sexually assaulted at school by teammates and didn't call me mm -hmm. and, and, and talk to my 15-year-old or 14-year-old and then send him or her back to their classroom without calling me or my husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it would get physical between me and the principal. <laughs> I really do. I don't think. I think I. I would not be able to go there. <laughs> you I have would, to send an ambassador. I would order a civil standby to go to the school, <laughs> just for the principal's safety. That's fair. I That's would fair. be enraged. Well, also, is it legal? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not a school administrator, but I can't imagine as an adult in a position like that as a school administrator, knowing that a child. These are children. Mm -hmm. I don't care if they're in high school. They right. are children. Was sexually assaulted at school by another child and not tell their parent. If, if it's not illegal, it is at least unethical. Mm. And again, some mm -hmm. kind of like teacher violation. It's an ethics code of violation. Ethics or yeah, or like school, school district code of ethics. Like yeah. I would think that if you know that a child has been victimized at school by another child, 
There have to be protocols. That you would, like, tell their parent or at least have a conversation with the kid. Bring in a school counselor. Like, who talked to these kids? That was what I was thinking of. The social worker or just the... Because it doesn't say. When you were talking about this, I didn't even... The first time you read this, I didn't even think about this. Yeah. But when you were saying that they pulled them aside and they just went back to math, Mm -hmm. that is... Terrible. Yeah, no. Because it's like, this kid has experienced a sexual assault. Yep. Hard enough to be sexually assaulted. Yep. Harder harder to be sexually assaulted as a male. Yep. By other males Mm -hmm. that are your peers Mm -hmm. in a group. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to pull you in. No warning, no prep time. You're going to go through all of the details of the sexual assault. We're going to re-traumatize you. We're not going to help you provide you resources. We're just going to send you back to math. What do you think that looks like? Yeah. Do you know, like, that is astounding to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have issues. We take issues. You hear this. Okay. So the lag appears to be glaring for the nationally regarded Montgomery County school system, which operates under a formal agreement with police to report immediately any sexual assaults to the department's special victims unit for investigation. So they were supposed to report So it, it. sounds like the school, which this isn't uncommon, right, for yeah. schools or community partners. We have protocols and MOUs right. in place in Albany County with law enforcement and our program and, and the county attorney's office and stuff like that. So I was just trying to give them not, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, this is not unusual. Like maybe they didn't know what to do rather than... Right, but I'm they trying, have an MOU. I'm trying to cover this Sounds up. like they have a really close working relationship with law enforcement because they have an MOU. And if you know anything about law enforcement, they're not entering into an MOU with anyone unless they trust you. Mm-hmm. That's just not how, that's not how the legal system operates, right? So it sounds like these guys have a close working relationship. Well, they did. I don't know what they do now. Who's to say? Yeah. It's absolutely absurd what the school did, says James Humphreys, a retired commander of the Montgomery County Police Special Victims Unit. He is not part of the current case, but during his nine years with the unit, he helped teach principals about when to report incidents. They're not trained to do these types of investigations and these types Mm -hmm. of interviews, Mm -hmm. he said. The four victims were 14 or 15. Their accused attackers, all 15. Each faces a count of rape and three counts of attempted rape, a crime that in Maryland includes non-consensual acts that use an object. So we think, based on these allegations, I guess? Yeah. Charges? Mm-hmm. Charges, that's what I'm looking for. We think that this broomsticking thing, which have we described that yet? Well, the first paragraph says that they were, yeah, sexually assaulted with a broom. Okay. So it it seemed to be kind of like a viral challenge at this school from what I'm gathering from this article. Mm-hmm. Whereas broomsticking was like, you go and, and you put the broomstick in somebody's butt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ha, 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 this is funny. Mm-hmm. Whatever. What seemed to, we think, we suspect what happened was that this JV football team was comprised of a group of idiots who who took on this challenge which by itself is not great but it escalated so when we when we hear attempted rape is that right attempted rape yeah we think that that was the the broomstick thing but no penetration happened right right but there was one count of penetrative rape right from the broomstick right Okay. Yeah. And in Wyoming, penetration with an object is also considered first-degree sexual assault. Right. Right. The case rocked this high school of 1,300 students in the football-proud community of Damascus, where children flock to youth football teams, go on to the JV squad, and dream of playing for the powerhouse varsity, which had a 51-game winning streak going when the locker room incident broke, and a record that included three recent state titles in a row. The events at the core of the criminal cases occurred before the start of practice on the afternoon before the JV's last game of the year. The Post corroborated text messages and detailed statements made by administrators, students, and their families during hours of questioning by detectives and interviewed more than 15 people involved in the case to add extensive new accounts beyond the information already in public court and police filings. 
Those new accounts say as many as 10 JV players watched through a window into the freshman area of the locker room as the attacks unfolded and victims screamed as their attackers laughed at them. Oh my gosh. There were lots of bystanders. One of the victims wrote in a statement at the school. I just think they that did this, not help. This adds to th- how difficult this would have been. I think it's hard enough to be sexually assaulted in the dark when no one sees it. Mm-hmm. But with the element of shame that comes along with sexual assault, having a bunch of a bunch of your teammates watch, mm-hmm. the shame in that is out of control. Yeah. And two, how does that make you feel? Like, there were, like, ten people there. Yeah. And they didn't care enough to do to anything. Or to tell somebody. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't stop them from hurting me. Right. That's just... Talk of, quote-unquote, brooming, which brooming. apparently is a thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a term for it. Was widespread among the 2018 JV team, sometimes conveyed in a joking way and other times as a threat, detectives were told in interviews. Everyone heard of this thing called the broom, one freshman told detectives, saying that in the minutes before their practice on Halloween, the freshman players worried that the sophomores were about to attack them. This time it was like going to the next level, another player told detectives. They just took it too far with, like, the pants thing and stuff. Usually they don't pull down their pants and do it. Mm-hmm. So they're talking, like, usually they don't pull down their pants and do it, so it sounds like this is a thing. Right. That just happens a lot. That's why I thought it was one of those challenge-type things. Like yeah. The brooming or there was the other one like the corn dogging thing mm-hmm. like challenges like that as prosecutors have described it attackers pushed the broom handle several times through one boy's underwear and into him two others were pinned and jabbed in their buttocks with the handle and teammates knocked the fourth victim to the ground and stomped on him as he fought off the broom after talking to the boys detectives why were there no assault charges i don't know do you know what i mean i don't maybe there were Maybe. Maybe that worked. After know. talking to the boys, detectives had three of them taken to the hospital to be checked out for injuries. So that's good. Because once the, once the cops got involved, they were like, well, we need to take these kids to the hospital because the principal didn't have the brains to do that. So because I'm really glad that the police thought to do that. Were trained? Right. Because the Out. detectives are trained to deal with sexual assault. Oh, okay. Right. And so that's why we call them. Right. So like mm-hmm. if a bunch of kids are being sexually assaulted in the locker room. I'm not going to try to figure that out as the principal because that's a little above my head. So I'm going to call the police. You know, lesson learned. Because the police actually, like, it it turns out that they do, um, they do undergo extensive training. It sounds like they have a special victims unit that has undergone special training. Yeah, that, yeah. we'll see. I think that's and where see, we were see, like, confused. if we look in our cabinet and, like, dust off our folders, we'll see that MOU in there that we signed with them, too, so... Well, see, I think that's why we're confused, though, because yeah. they have a special victims unit. I have a TV. <laughs> I have a special victims unit on Netflix, ex- and it's called Mariska I- Hargitay. Correct. Right. So I think we're all on the same page yep. with qualifications. Yep, we should. Sure I run are. this school. Yeah, and I have a master's degree. I run this school. Yeah. And watch a lot of Netflix. <laughs> So we're all on the same page. All of us. We are all as smart as each other. Correct. Montgomery County prosecutors have publicly said they are investigating whether there were previous brooming assaults at Damascus. Their inquiry also involves the use of a grand jury, which works behind closed doors to determine... To answer that question, according to three people with direct knowledge of the proceeding. So three people have disclosed that they're working with a grand jury. Recent court filings refer to at least three broomstick assaults in the Damascus locker room during the 2017 football season. Hmm. None was described as being as violent as the reported 2018 attacks, and players said they didn't report them to coaches or school administrators. According to the school system documents reviewed by the Post, school officials were made aware of one such allegation in 2017 but found it to be unsubstantiated. And I don't know. It doesn't say if they ever called law enforcement. Which They did an internal investigation. We know what happened. Right. Well, actually, let's take a time out here. Let's take a time out quickly. So it sounds like one person came forward Mm -hmm. before all of this went down, Mm -hmm. before the rape happened, before everything in the news. Mm -hmm. Long time before. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was unsubstantiated. Yeah. So basically, they were like, this didn't happen. Yep. I can't even imagine how difficult it would be for a high school football player to come out against all of his teammates on the football team and say that they sexually assaulted him. Mm -hmm. Can you 
even imagine? No. Like when we when we say survivors come forward just to like when we say that survivors lie. Victims of sexual assault come forward and they tell stories that weren't true. Mhm. Put yourself in the shoes of this boy on the football team. What earthly motivation does he have? Right. Why would he want to bring that attention on himself? Why on earth would he put himself through that? Because I would assume that his life did not get easier after he brought light to what was happening on the football team. No. And I bet people were like, eh, you're lying. Oh, yeah. Sounds like his school told him that. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Because how hard would that be? That's so powerful and brave for him to have come forward. Damascus principal Casey Krause and other administrators declined requests from the Post for interviews. But in a March 21st email sent to school parents, Krause, who is a real genius, said she anticipated a news story and briefly described how the school reacted after learning about what she said was a behavior of concern on October 31st. She wrote that she and others took actions based on the information we had at the time and adjusted appropriately as they learned more. Ooh. The well-being of the so students... So the information they had at the time. Yep. Which was that students were being sodomized with broomsticks in a locker room. Right. I think that's what they had at mm-hmm. the time. And adjusted... And they had victim names and perpetrator names. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so. a history of poor behavior from, from these, these players. perpetrators. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the new information that came to light that they adjusted around was like, oh, crap, I did this wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap, there's a group of victims uh-huh. and uh, a group of parents. Yep. And we're going to be up shit creek. That's correct. If we don't call the cops. Chances are we've broken the law. Yep. And we've broken um, the school's mission statement, probably. probably. I might get fired. Sure. Mm, I have serial rapists running the halls of my school. This would be the new information, I assume. Yeah, this is where they adjusted. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. The well-being of the students involved remained our highest priority, Krauss said. <laughs> okay. She is too much, man. All right. The school system officials declined to reply to detailed questions citing the ongoing court proceedings, but said in a statement that the system is committed to student safety and would thoroughly review how Damascus staff respond to the mm-hmm. incident once those finish. We believe all coaches and staff have been and continue to be forthcoming and fully cooperative with law enforcement during their investigation into this serious matter, said school spokesman Derek Turner. Trick-or-treaters were out on Halloween as upstairs in a two-story home in Damascus, a 15-year-old junior varsity player was crying in his bed. His father came in and sat next to him. Just tell me what happened to you, his father said. Several minutes passed. They gave me the broom, the boy finally answered. The 7 p.m. exchange was described during interviews police conducted in the case with portions also confirmed in recent court filings. The Post generally does not identify victims of sexual assault without their consent and so also is not going to name his parents. Good. The father left his son's bedroom and called his son's coach, Vincent Colbert. Three or four boys had held him down before practice and tried to insert a broomstick, the father said, according to what Colbert told detectives. He told Colbert he didn't know the names of those involved. Floored by the allegations, Colbert quickly spoke with the varsity head coach, Eric Wallach. So we're rewinding, right? We're what? We're rewinding. Yeah. This is how the whole thing came to light. This is how it came to light. Okay. We got to find out more. So this is on Halloween night. Right. That the dad... So the school's known about this all day on October 31st. And the dad finds Um, out on Halloween night mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that... Or on November 1st. So after. Because the school had known for 12 hours... Before, like school administrators had known for twelve hours before parents knew. So did so the, the coach dad know? Well, according to the no. How, that, How did they talk to these boys without their coach knowing? That's my confusion. No, the coach didn't know. He texts the JV coach or called him. So and told dad him what finds happened. out. Dad finds out. Code red. My son has been seriously hurt. Yep. I am going to call the adult responsible. Mm-hmm. The JV coach. Calls the JV coach. And the coach is floored. How would he not know? And the coach quickly speaks with the varsity head coach, Eric Wallach. He must have known. And Wallach says, we have to find out more. So Wallach doesn't know either. Wallach doesn't know. I think this speaks again to the poor investigative skills. Of uh, Casey Krause. Of Casey Krause. Obviously, she did not watch enough. The brainiac. 
behind this operation? Maybe, though, she did watch enough SVU, because if you watch SVU, it's like one detective taking on the world. Yep. Do you know what I it's, mean? Is that Mariska they're like, Hargitay? Yeah, like, they're yeah. not, like, checking in with all of the other people. They're right. just They're just, like, beating down doors, taking names. Yep. Call the police. Yep. Moral of the story. Colbert texted all the JV team leaders. I need to know if something happened today in the locker room, as he described his text to detectives. I need to know now, and I need names. He pressed harder in his texts. I will forfeit the game right now if I don't get people getting back to me right now because this is serious. So they had a game the next day, their last game of the season. And he's saying, that isn't going to happen unless you guys tell me what the hell's going on. These boys probably have already been talked to by the school. Oh, yeah, they've been tipped off. Players on the team dove into a Snapchat group conversation (laughs) with at least one victim watching the exchanges as a now accused attacker wrote, don't rat me out, according to prosecutors. Others got back to their coach with the names of possible assailants. Colbert reached one who admitted to being part of the assault, saying he'd picked up the broom and said he was poking him with it, according to police records. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a tradition, the player added, according to Colbert's account to detectives. The JV coach said he called the father back twice, at one point letting him know where he thought the case was heading. The police are going to be involved with this, he told the father. So I so think... So yeah. the coach makes the decision that the cops need to come. The cops need to be involved. Not the principal. Not the assistant principal. Right. The coach says, we're calling the police. This is appropriate. Let's just follow the chain of events here. Dad finds out son is assaulted. Sure. Dad texts, texts or calls... Coach. Coach, assistant coach. Yeah, no, the JV person, coach. Yeah, JV coach, the person that supervises his son. Yeah, in football, JV coach is like, whoa, not acceptable. I'm gonna get on this immediately. He talks to his boss. Yep, the the varsity coach. Right, who has like a brief discussion with players, realizes this is a real thing, and calls the police. That makes sense. This is interesting. That makes sense to me. So. He asks if he can speak to his player. The player comes to the phone and the coach tells him he's so sorry that this happened to him. Colbert is 54 years old. He's been the JV coach since 06 and he's paid under a contract and is not a school system employee. That's it. That's what it is. Which is why he has the balls to call the cops and not give a shit about what Casey Krause says. This corruption goes all the way. Because he is not her employee. This right? corruption goes all the way to the top. If you're in the school system, you're part of the problem. That's how I feel in this moment, and I yep. changed my mind. He reported his findings to the varsity coach, Wallach, so all the stuff he had talked about with these kids, who then contacted the school's 59-year-old athletic director, Joe Duty, who at 7.30 p.m. contacted Kraus, the principal, according to their interviews with police. Okay, this is what I have for sure, Wallach wrote in a group text to the principal and athletic director shortly before 9 p.m., going on to describe an account of a player pinned and assaulted. The text he sent identified a victim, a teen who yanked down the victim's pants, the teen who was taking a broom and trying to poke the victim, and another player who likely was involved. Wallach, I love how they use the word poke. Right. Wallach added in the text that the victim's father had told the JV coach that the kids on the team had been joking to freshman players about the broom earlier in the year. Kraus, this... Kraus. This woman's my arch enemy today. (laughs) Kraus asked about the allegations of one player and asked about repercussions. What is the football consequence? She texted next. Okay. What is the football consequence? Okay. Everyone will be out of the program immediately, Wallach texted. The crazy thing is today was their last practice of the year, and tomorrow's their last game. End of the season. Hmm, Kraus replied. Can they be, quote-unquote, suspended at the start of the next season? And Coach Wallach says, I'm thinking they'll be removed from the program for good. Yeah, and Kraus responds, Oh, dot, dot, dot. I can't. I can't with this. If this woman hasn't lost her jive by the end of this article, I am going home. (laughs) I'm taking a mental health day. I can't stand this woman. Uh, I might email her. Yeah, just send her an email. We'll just send her the podcast. (laughs) Send her the link to the podcast. That's a great idea. I'm doing it. I support that. Okay. Early on November 1st, Kraus put her investigation into motion by phone, knowing her investigation. Wait, pause. Sorry. I just have to go back. I didn't realize when we were, we were skimming this the first time that at this point in the conversation, she had known for a full day. She knew. Based on her text 
interaction, she is not being forthcoming with that at all. No. It's like she's hearing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. And she has no idea what a consequence would be. Right. I feel as the principal of the school, you can say, yeah. What is the football consequence? Like, how about what is the school's consequence that then affects their athletic Correct. activities? Correct. Right? Like, if they're expelled... Or suspended, they're not playing football. Right, and right? I think she even has the power to say, like, we're not doing this football thing anymore. No, you don't get to play. You're out. Right. She she is continuously passing the buck. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm going to let somebody else investigate this. I'm going to not call the police. I'm going to let you decide the consequence. Mm-hmm. I don't think the principal job is for her. Okay, so listen to this. So early on November 1st, she put her investigation into motion by phone, knowing she wouldn't arrive at Damascus High School until after a previously scheduled off-site meeting. So I'm just going to say that if you're the principal of a high school and you find out that there is basically a sexual assault ring happening in your school, you don't get to have an off-site meeting. Okay. You don't get to have any meetings unless those meetings involve figuring out what the hell happened okay, whoa, in whoa, your whoa. locker room. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have another scenario. All right. Well, I am not happy with her. In which this makes a little more sense. Let's just reframe for, for five seconds. Because right now we're both very upset with her. But paint this in a new light, okay? We're using a different color scheme. This is very therapy of you. (laughs) Just incorporating colorful terms into my language. That's it. That's how we know we've switched. Yep, we've switched. Okay, but flip the game here. Think about this way. Think about it this way. What if she heard about the sexual assault on the day of Halloween morning? Yep. Okay. Maybe she had a sexual assault and it was not handled well and there was a lot of trauma there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe her trauma got in the way of handling the situation well. Mm -hmm. And it becomes more and more and more of a mess. And she is more triggered. And this off-site meeting was an emergency therapy session. Mm -hmm. Where she's like, this has gone poorly. I can't handle this. I need to get professional help. And then she comes back. Sure. That's my hope. You don't feel this way. No, maybe. I'm just saying that that would excuse some of her behavior. Sure. Maybe not excuse, but... Explain. Yeah. Okay. I'm going with that. Well, she says we knew we were going to initiate an investigation in the morning. Right. So kind of like how I feel is when you're the principal of a school, you're kind of always on call. Yeah, well, you're the you're yeah. the director of Safe Project. Yeah. So it'd be like if you're always. I found out that two of my staff members had violently attacked another <laughs> staff member. Right? Katrina calls me and says, "Hey, Livy and Amy have violently attacked Brittany," and and I wait until later the next day to call my connections with the Laramie Police Department. When I find out like a violent crime has occurred, except for the difference is, is you guys are all adults and you're not children. So less vulnerable, you mean? Yeah. Obviously, we're drawing from true events. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is why this is why she's so secure in her opinion. <laughs> she's like, I've done I'm just this. Saying, like, I've how done ridiculous this better. would that be? I like, know, I would think yeah. my board would be like, what the hell? You waited 12 hours to call the cops when you he- found out that Livy and Amy attacked Brittany in the Client room? You might be fired. I would hope so. Because that's ridiculous. Even if you did stop to take a counseling session. Because sure. Because you're like, whoa, can't cope. Right. You would still handle it better. Maybe she had plans on Halloween. I mean, she's a... Maybe she's a mom. And she had to take her kids trick-or-treating. Nope. She told them at 7 a.m. that she called Troy Mowat, a uniformed Montgomery County police officer known as a school resource officer and assigned to Damascus as part of a program to have a cop in every high school. Krauss told him her office would be looking into a school incident, which she didn't detail to him, and asked Mowat to look into an unrelated threat at the school. Okay, well, well, well. So whoa, something whoa. else, by the way, somebody broke into the candy machine 
unrelated to this. Can you look into that as well? So at this point... So Malak has no idea. When the, the coach said, we're calling the police. Yep. And we're, we are getting law enforcement involved. Mm-hmm. This was her doing that. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So calling the so, SRO and not telling him anything. Just just to she recap. She didn't tell him what happened. She didn't tell him that kids were sexually assaulted. Yeah. yeah. Just to recap, coach says 911 my players have been sexually assaulted by other players on the team. We need to call the police and we need to have action taken. This Krauss lady says, "Got it. Fully on board. Hey school resource officer, I think somebody graffitied the locker room. Mm-hmm. So this is what I think happened on Halloween day. Casey Krause didn't know about this. She didn't know until the dad found out that night. The problem is, is that that dad was the only dad, the only parent who knew anything until later the next day when officer Malat got this SVU involved. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The dad alerted the coaches, the coaches alerted the principal, the principal waited until the next day to call the SRO and then didn't even tell him what the incident was. She just said something happened. And she says, I was asking him to focus on that first so that we could gather statements. So she asked him to focus on the candy machine is my example, right? An unrelated right. incident so that they could gather statements because they didn't know anything yet. So she's like, we want to control the situation and say we called the cops. So we called our SRO, but we're waiting until we have more information to right. let him know anything. Which that's so a- I was mistaken. I thought they knew on Halloween. They didn't. Okay. They didn't know till Halloween night. Sure, but sure. she. this is the next day now. And still, even if, the even parents if, haven't been notified. Even if what you're saying is exactly how it went down. That's a very shiny way of saying it. Right, and it's not okay. I'm just saying I think that's what... I don't think that they knew on earlier on Halloween. I think that the dad whose son was crying was the one that blew the whole thing open on he this. He found out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, sophomores... Okay, so hold on. So... Except for no. She was asking him to focus on that while they gathered statements because they didn't know anything. Except for whoa, whoa, whoa. You're right, I think that checks out in that the dad was the first person to find out about this incident, mm-hmm. but they had a report before. Oh yeah. They had a report from 2017. There's whisperings of Yeah. They knew. In the halls. Yep. They knew. Okay. Krause 48 was in her second year as principal at Damascus after eight years as principal of Eastern Middle School in Silver Spring. She designated an assistant principal working with the school's in-house security chief to lead the internal investigation. She and the assistant principal said to police in separate interviews as they walked through their actions that morning. School staff removed several suspected assailants from their first day of classes the day of the day and asked them to write what they knew on a lined DHS student statement form. Good. Sophomores were giving freshmen the broom, which is when they shoved the end of a broom into someone's butt. One 15-year-old began... His statement shows going on to name three players he said had been attacked. So he names three boys. These boys were attacked. A short time later, the administrators learned the name of a fourth boy. The in-school questioning was expanding and written statements from 11 students started to pile up. So they get the name of three boys, right? Joe, Michael, John, and Mark. Joe, Michael, John, and Mark all have parents. And nobody's calling mom and dad. To say, hey, I don't know if this is true. We haven't, law enforcement hasn't had an opportunity to investigate this, but we have heard that your son might have been a victim of a sexual assault yesterday during football practice. Nope. No. Okay. The in-school questioning was expanding and written statements, I say, that started to pile up. In reply to questions from the Post about that morning, Turner, the spokesman, said in a statement that staff was first engaged, had first engaged law enforcement through the SRO around 7 a.m. on November 1st and subsequently engaged with the Montgomery County Police Special Victims Investigation Division as new details emerged. Turner declined to give further details of those communications, noting the continuing court cases. The Post sent emails and delivered letters to Damascus's principal, assistant principal, athletic director, and varsity football coach seeking interviews. The four responded through Turner, saying the school system's comments speak for them. The JV coach, Colbert, referred to question, referred his, all of his questions to Rockville attorney Victor Delpino. He is devastated by this, Delpino said. Colbert felt it was his duty to find out if what the father was saying was true, Aww. the attorney added, and passed the information on to his superiors. I love so he this did guy. exactly what he should have. 
There was never any attempt or thought on Vinny's part of, oh, let's protect Damascus football, Del Pino said. As school administrators took statements from JV players, it became clear the attackers had gone from one victim to the next. The assistant principal heading the investigation, Adam Saltzman, approached the sworn police officer assigned to the school shortly before 9 a.m. Saltzman, 37, later recalled the exchange to detectives. We're starting to find out there's a lot more people involved, Saltzman told the officer. I'm probably going to bring you in. I'm probably going to bring the cops in at this point. Okay. We're getting statements. I I can't. (laughs) We're getting statements right now. We, the school, not the cops, we, the school. I haven't heard from other students, but it seems like this is becoming a bigger deal. In his interview with police... Well, I just want to know her scale. I I hope that at some point she has the chance to graph this out of where a big deal starts. Mm -hmm. Where where was this a small deal? A medium deal? What's a small deal? Like hate crimes? Would that be like a small deal? Sexual assaults? One, like medium Mm -hmm. deal? It's like mass shootings and terrorism. That's where we get into a big deal? Maybe that's where we bring the cops. uh, Yeah, okay. In his interview with police investigators, Malat said it was after speak Malat, remember, is the, mm-hmm. is the school resource officer. Right. After speaking with Saltzman that he called his supervisors. Because now he knows what's going on. And he tells them... <laughs> I've been duped. He says, guys, That's him. like this is above my head and the SVID, the Special Victims Investigations Division, needs to come. How mad must that so guy have the, been? The SRO's like, okay, well, I'm not going to... Inv- I'm the SRO. I'm one guy. And, and I'm like, not a sexual assault investigator either. He's like, either. this is not right. Right. This is not what I was, like, this is not this what I the was protocol. put here for. Right. This isn't the MOU. I've been duped. Right. So I'm calling the cops. Right. So he calls his partners at the police department. The supervisors at the police department sent patrol officers to the school and conveyed what Malat had said. Oh, my gosh. So at this point, So Malat calls the school. Kraus never... No, Kraus and Adam Saltzman, they told Malat, hey, we're going to bring you in to investigate this. And Malat, being the SRO, was like, oh, no, I'm calling my sergeant. He's like, no. this is a big deal. I do schools like right, security. Right. Like, I'm a school resource officer. I am not a special victims unit investigator. Correct. When you have multiple victims of sexual assault. Right. So the cops roll up. Oh, this is going to be good. Right. And... They get there. Administrators continue gathering statements from players. By 10.15, the head football coach had talked to three of the victims who were in the class that he was teaching. He spoke to each of them saying he was sorry, and he asked them what happened. One boy told him several teammates tried to insert the broom, Wallach said to detectives. Wallach asked him who was involved, but he only got two names. I could tell he was holding back. The coach later told detectives, saying he pursued the questioning because I didn't want to hide anything. I wanted to bring everything out. It was also clear the reported attacks had occurred during a daily long, a daily hour-long wait before practice. So it sounds like school gets out and then practices an hour later. When some players' recent rowdy behavior had prompted a teacher to complain to school security. Last week, they were out of control. In a school office, the accounts written by the teens were spread across a table. I tried my best to fight my way out of the locker room, but it was like 10 people. I was squeezing my legs together to avoid getting the broom. I was being punched in the process. With the principal back at school from her off-site counseling session. Yep. I'm still saying counseling. She and other administrators were becoming convinced that the police should take over. (laughs) once the the police roll up she's like yep this is what i wanted once the police roll up and see a pile of papers (laughs) spread out on the counter (laughs) saying i was sexually assaulted by a broomstick the principal and the cops are all standing there the principal's like hey thank you for coming i was just about to i was just about to call you guys this is like esp yeah that's crazy yeah um besides one other action Kraus, the principal, said to detectives, we stood down. Besides one other action, I don't know what she's saying. What does that mean? I don't know. We might find that out. Just after 11 a.m., her office summoned the JV team over to the school intercom for a meeting. At least three victims were among the group who heard the principal speak, according to the accounts given to police and attorneys who represent the victims and their families. We said, there is an allegation of hazing. Hazing? The principal told detectives, and an investigation is being conducted, and as a result, the game will not be played today. I can't. I cannot. Krauss spoke harshly, for which she later apologized to team parents as she said the team season was over. Listen up, you rapists. Get it together. At lunch. Okay, I'm sorry, that was an overreaction. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't know if you're a rapist. Yeah. We don't, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm At sorry. lunch, everyone was mad because their game got canceled, said a 14-year-old <sighs> oh, victim. darn it. Yeah. Jeez. Experienced sex assault investigators take control of the investigation at 1120 a.m., right? So these guys are for real, and they're not here to play. So what happens next? The detectives who arrived at Damascus were trained in how to preserve evidence if any was left in the locker room, question victims who might be traumatized, and interrogate suspects who might be hedging. But they were coming in after the school's inquiry. Yeah, so this I- is a problem. And this is why cops hate when schools get involved before cops get involved. Because what happens is the school gets involved and tips everyone off, whether it's the school or the employer or whatever. Anytime that there are other people involved before the cops can get to an offender, what happens? He's going to lawyer up. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to talk to him. Or he's going to really think, gonna think about his story yeah. or he's going to flee mm-hmm. the coop and they can't find him. So now these cops are getting in here three or four hours later after these kids are told that there's an inquiry into this. Yep. And they're going to have to undo all of this crazy crap that's happened well, since 7 o'clock in the morning. Because they probably banded together and like, this is our story. Yeah. And so oh, help totally. Me. These are kids. Of course they did. So help me, Jim. If you tell them I broomed you, I will kill you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That has definitely been happening. That maybe is the hazing. Or like... That's a, the hazing piece. A threat on a life. That's or, the hazing piece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They looked over the statements taken from the students. And one boy did admit to being an attacker in the statements. Wow. Yeah. The detectives reached the victims, all who all were still at school. I'm not clear if their moms and dads know yet. I would have come and gotten my son. Well, also, though. If he were one of these victims, and I knew. Don't you, if you're, I, okay, I might be wrong on this. But if you're investigating a minor and you're interrogating them, don't you have to? I don't think so. I think that depends on the state. Okay, all right, well. I don't know, though. We could ask local law enforcement here what their policy is on that because I'm curious I'm very curious the detectives reached the victims all still at school and with the permission of their parents there it is drove them to their office so the cops get these boys and take them to the police department because we don't interview the victim in the like the counseling room we're going to take them to an interview room with audio and Mm -hmm. like recording so that we can interview these kids correct great the boys were led into interview rooms decked out like dens with soft chairs and sofas, and the de- the detectives began to draw out information and detailed exchanges corroborated by the post. So these are the victims that they're talking to. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to make me judge you, an investigator told the first boy. There's nothing you're going to say that can get you into trouble because I have seen everything. So he's telling this victim, like, just, it's okay, and I'm going to wow. believe you, Right. Her initial question was open-ended. So this is a female officer. Mm -hmm. Why don't you start and just kind of tell me what's going on? The teen walked her through what he said happened to him. Did they say anything? She asked at one point. No, they were just laughing, the boy said. Did you say anything? I was yelling, let me go. In a nearby room, detectives began speaking with another victim, asking what his favorite subject was. Math, he said. I like to deal with numbers. (laughs) soon he was describing being thrown to the ground and stomped and fending off the broom i got mad and i started to cry he said i cooled down outside when another of the young victims indicated he felt humiliated by his teammates detectives tried to help him reset his view here's the deal one detective told him they're trying to make it seem like oh we're family and we're doing this because it's tradition She said, this is not something that should be happening, and it's okay not to feel okay about it. It's okay not to want this to happen to you. Detectives also spoke to school administrators. The principal, Krauss, told investigators she had only limited information the night of October 31st. They pointed out to her that by then she had learned a player had been poked with a broomstick in a school locker room after teammates forcibly dropped his pants. Did you feel that the police needed to be involved at that point? A detective asked her. I didn't involve the police at that point. I didn't, Krauss said. So the cops are sitting there like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. That's right. Thank you for, for ruining our investigation. Yeah, thank you so much. Our at life what is point easier now. does a kid being sodomized by a broomstick not need to involve the cops? I mean, doesn't that happen just All everywhere? the time? Like on the daily? Yeah. Maybe it does at their school. Detectives eventually charged six members of the team as juveniles in the attack. One case was quickly dropped, another stayed in juvenile court. 
In late November, prosecutors filed stronger cases against the remaining four boys and moved their cases to adult court. Fair. The boys' defense attorneys, in turn, quickly requested the cases be moved back to juvenile court, a venue geared more toward rehabilitation and treatment, with punishment often imposed as probation. All four prevailed, and the cases are back in juvenile court where records are sealed and proceedings often are closed to the public. The move will, gener- will greatly diminish any public airing of how school and police officials responded to the allegations. The victims continue trying to cope with what happened. Thomas Dagonia, a Rockville attorney for two of the families, said they want to know about the initial thinking of coaches and administrators on October 31st. Um, fair. Billy Murphy, a Baltimore attorney who represents a third victim, questions why the school took a statement from a victim without his parents being notified. Thank you. In an email to the Damascus High School community at 1.16 p.m. November 1st, the principal described the case as possible hazing. I... Today, my administration was informed of allegations of hazing by members of the junior varsity football team against their fellow team members, Cross Row. These allegations are being investigated by county police. At this time, the allegations are unrelated to the varsity football team. The first reaction from the school, handling it as a school discipline issue rather than bringing it to the police, made it more difficult for the teens to realize the magnitude of what happened to them, Dagonia said. Humphreys, the retired commander for the SVU, agrees. These were 14-year-old boys, traumatized in front of their teammates through no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. The last message they needed to be hearing, even inadvertently, was that this wasn't incredibly serious, Humphrey says. Dagonia represents two victims he said were present at the team meeting called by the principal. They sent she was criticizing all of the players present, including the pair of boys who felt like they were being blamed along with everyone else, Dagonia said. He criticized the lack of supervision at school. You wouldn't leave a bunch of 15-year-old boys unsupervised for an hour in a chemistry lab. Why would you want a bunch of 15-year-old boys unsupervised who were getting ready for football practice, he said. The administrator's failure to contact police Halloween night or detectives as school opened the next morning appears at odds with signed agreements between the schools and county police. Sexual assaults and rapes are listed among nine types of critical incidents to be immediately reported and turned over to law enforcement. So there was protocol. Yes. Yeah. And the principal had signed it. Oh, my goodness. They are also the only category with an enhanced reporting requirement. Schools must specifically call in the Special Victims Investigation Division, which handles sexual assault, abuse, or neglect against victims 17 or younger. Police officials declined to comment on the school system's handling of the case. Humphrey said that he could not speak for the department, but that in his experience, what school officials heard October 31st from the father of the player was a substantive, clear allegation of sexual assault. Well, and two, as you're reading this, I'm thinking, if this were to happen on campus here, Mm -hmm. they have protocols of additional reporting if it's a greater threat to the community. Yeah. This feels like that time where it's a greater threat because they have no control over who's going to get broomed next. Mm -hmm. So, and there are multiple perpetrators. Exactly. So on campus here, that would, that would probably constitute an email going out saying like, this is happening. A sexual assault happened here, um, at this time in this place. And it consisted of this. Mm We've seen that happen several yeah, times they're required to within do that. the last year right. on campus They're here. required to do that. I don't know why that wouldn't be happening here. As, yeah. The delay in alerting police also runs counter to years of efforts to change school culture so that any suspicion of sexual abuse at school is quickly reported to authorities following a spate of school cases, said Jennifer Alvaro, a longtime advocate on issues of sexual abuse prevention who has pushed for better policies in Montgomery. A similar urgency is crucial amid allegations of sexual assault by students, which should be handled by trained professionals, she said, and schools should never launch their own investigations. They say they're training people to immediately report, but clearly that's not happening. Obviously. The fallout in Damascus continues. So parents from the JV football team pressed for a meeting with school officials, yet some left the session frustrated by a lack of answers and no clear signal of how to prevent recurrence. I can't even imagine how infuriated I would be. Their superintendent said that the system began a proactive effort in November to make sure the students know how to respond to any hint of hazing or violence tied to sports teams or other school organizations. Why are they so caught up on hazing? I, I don't, don't think this is hazing. It's this not. is not hazing. School officials said prosecutors gave the school system the go-ahead in January to examine how Damascus students were supervised after school on the 31st of October. 
They also said they have tightened supervision procedures, adding a requirement that coaches and activity sponsors file more formal supervision plans with their schools to avoid gaps in monitoring. The county's top prosecutor has consistently described the incidents as violent sexual assaults. Yes. And recently praised their cooperation. When you're 14, with the students' cooperation, when you're 15 or 14 years old and something like this happens to you and you're a young boy, Montgomery County State's attorney John McCarthy said, pausing to collect his words, I'm not sure I'd have the courage to do what we're asking some of these young kids to do. That's what I'm saying. After the incident in public charges, victims and their families had to weigh whether to stay there or transfer. Um, Jerry Hyatt, an attorney who represents a student who stayed, said the teen's parents continue to question how closely the school monitored the teen before the assaults and the decision to pursue an in-house investigation immediately after. In the months that followed, those parents said that the school had been attentive in their concerns for their son's safety and they appreciate what's happening now. But the impacts are overwhelming. Two of the students are in therapy. Prosecutors said in court, one teen describes his life as shattered after he was raped with a dirty broomstick in front of his teammates by his own teammates. Oh, well, when you put it like that. Sure. Is it just hazing at this point? I feel that way. Another wrote that he cannot shake the sense that everyone looks at him differently or somehow knows I'm the kid who got the broom. Well, of course. So this will have lifelong impacts on these boys. Probably not a lot of impact on the perpetrators who are going to be charged in juvenile court and will go on to reoffend because... And I once mean, they once they turn eighteen, likely, right? their records will be sealed, right? And they'll go to college, right? And then what will they do? What will they do on university campuses? Haze, haze people, haze some more. Great. I'm just very upset by this. Yeah. So uh, we didn't even find out if if our friend Miss Kraus kept her job. Kept her job. Well, I mean, I'm going to send her the podcast. Good. And so I guess if I get a reply that says your email did not go through because this email does not exist anymore, then I'll know if she got her cupped her job or not. I think that's a really good way to find out. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, if we do hear back from from Madame Krause, mm-hmm. we'll let you know. The brainiac. Yeah. Um, SBU expert. Yep. Maybe she can go to the academy and apply to be a investigator. You know what? This might be a turning point for her. Maybe she thought she found her calling in um, school administration. But as the years went on, it it started to get less fun, you yep. know, less exciting. She transferred schools, mm-hmm. tried to try the high school route, still wasn't feeling truly fulfilled. And I think maybe this is what she needed mm-hmm. to find her calling. Yep. As a SVU investigator. Or an accountant. Yep. Or that doesn't work with people. Never to be around children. Yes. Or high risk populations. Or in a situation in which she would have to use her brain to know if she should call the police if something unethical or scary happens. Maybe she should work in a lab. Yeah. I think maybe that's it. I agree. Or maybe she should edit research. Sure. That makes sense, yep. right? She obviously Low cares risk. about education, yep. education policies. Maybe she should just proofread mm-hmm. and edit research that's coming out. Yeah. Still stay on, stay, stay in the field that she maybe likes. Yep. All by herself. Very she'll, low risk. She'll have some email correspondence, but uh, right. should be pretty good. Low risk. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, we have it figured out. Yeah. Maybe include that in your email. I'm going to. Okay. Okay. Some career counseling. Some, yep. All right. All right. Well, stay tuned the rest of this month for more stories about sexual assault and or child abuse. That's what we're going to be focusing on because mm-hmm. that's what that's what we do in April. Um, yeah. We have a really, really exciting Survivor Speaks story mm-hmm. for April, and I cannot wait to share it with you all. So um, be excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be really cool. It's a really cool story. I mean... It's in, it's inspirational. Yeah. It's a crappy situation, yeah. but it's a really inspirational. Ending. And it's it's one of, as, as you guys know, it's one of those situations that I get so excited and emotional about, about the survivor advocacy. Yeah. So. So cool. Takes it to a whole new level. Powerful stuff. Well, on that happy note, um, let's share our hotline number. Our hotline number, 307-745-3556. And even if you're not in Wyoming, right. 
if you need resources and you're not sure, because it can be really overwhelming yeah. to know who to call in your community or your state. Absolutely. If you call us, we will help connect you to who can help. Right. And you may even get to talk to myself or Farron on the phone. Yeah. Which would be exciting. And we will delight you with our witty jokes. <laughs> I will not joke with you about your victimization well, on the phone. Well, no. Just, just know that if you call looking for support, I am, I'm, I'm not going to make jokes with you. No, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> be prepared for that. But do reach out if you have any, any need for support of any kind. And if you like this podcast or if you have more feedback... Go to our website, safeproject.org, find our podcast, and we have a form that you can give us more feedback or suggestions for things you want to hear. Yeah, we would love suggestions. Mm -hmm. Also, if you like this podcast, rate us on iTunes, give us some stars, or if you don't, give us us some feedback in that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. All right. Um, Good night. Good night.